Breadalicious asks, put off sleep by hours because I'm scared of losing consciousness and having a bad dream. Irrational? I go to bed anywhere between 5 to 7 a.m. because of this. I understand it's not healthy, but I have that fear. What can I do to ease my mind and just suck it up? It sounds irrational, but it's an issue. Yeah, it is an issue. I think that is the right way to start is by acknowledging that and uh, trying to accept it. it. Right now you're talking about sucking it up and just like what I'm hearing is repress this thing. Mm-hmm. Just ignore it or find a trick to get around it. Uh, I believe if you're having nightmares, your psyche is telling you something. There is something that you're afraid of that you're not addressing. And I recommend a therapist if you can find one or reading about how to deal with phobias. I know that there are a couple methods. There's exposure therapy. You can either like be flooded with the thing that you're afraid of or you can do a gentle exposure that increases a little by little. Um, and then some type of cognitive behavioral and, and mindfulness treatment for like when you're around this thing, whatever you're having nightmares about, what do you notice in your body? And just become aware of those things and like try to be with them and accept them and allow them first. Yeah, I uh, I think those are great recommendations. The, the first thing I'm glad that you mentioned was this attitude of how can I ease my mind and just suck it up? And to mm-hmm. me, those are very conflicting agendas. Like when I think of easing my mind, I think of like, how can I like let go and like you said, allow it to be and just relax into an easy state of non-agitated presence, but then just suck it up has this mentality of like, bottle it up, yeah, repression, yeah. aggression towards it. Yeah. And that nothing about Clench that my is fist, easy. Grip my teeth and just, <laughs> and go to sleep. <laughs> and drift off seamlessly. <laughs> Flex all the muscles in my body until I'm fast asleep. Yeah. Well, actually, progressive muscle. Ooh, I love this. Yeah. 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 Progress, progressive uh, muscle tensing can be a really great way of falling asleep and actually letting go of yeah. tension because sometimes we hold tension all the time and we don't notice it. But then when we make an active effort to clench a fist, say, and then relax it, let me we really my notice the difference. If I could, please. You start by uh, at your toes and curl mm-hmm. your toes as tightly as you can, flex it for like three seconds, and then very slowly relax it back to normal. This um, this slow let go, the slow release is a natural way of calming your body. It's mm-hmm. uh, breathing wise. It's the slow exhale that. Um, causes your parasympathetic nervous system to activate, is that right? Or sympathetic? The one parasympathetic, that, the one that calms the you one down. That calms you yeah, down. Okay, yeah, okay, good. Like a parachute. Um, mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So starting at your toes, work your way up every muscle you can identify by mm-hmm. flexing it and holding for about three seconds and then slowly releasing back to a relaxed state. Yeah. And you'll find, if you do this in bed, you'll find that afterwards, oh, you feel so still and like everything feels relaxed because it knows the opposite of relaxation, right. of tension. Yeah. It makes you really acutely aware of the difference between yeah. being tense and being relaxed. Um, and then the other thing that I would say uh in addition, again, to, to Rob's suggestion of finding a, a mental health professional or just someone that you trust, uh, a trusted confidant to explore what some of the fears are and just unpack them a little and see what comes up. Um, but the uh, the thing that the thing that is also interesting to me is is in the intro to the question, it's scared of losing consciousness and having a bad dream. So to me, it's like a reluctance to give up control because when you're unconscious, you can't control your mind. And so, you know, perhaps you're during the day exercising a lot of coping mechanisms to try to keep your mind under control. And it's, it's almost this, I think that we, we all struggle with this, uh, just, it's hard to be with uncertainty and to relinquish control. And we work so hard to try to like bend and contort and and manage every element of our lives to, so we're never out of control We're optimized and there's no, there's no allowance of whatever happens. Um, And it's scary because it's so scary to Mm -hmm. just radically embrace, well, whatever happens is going to happen especially when you're dealing with the potential of the unconscious or subconscious mind to kind of take over and project 
any images, any really scary mm-hmm. uh, manufacturing of the the worst elements of your life, your biggest fears, all of those things that can just project right right into you, like you're having that experience. And you know, for some people, that manifests in uh, night terrors, sleepwalking, you know, things that where it really takes over control in really scary ways. So I do think that getting help, get, getting help from an outside source to help you process. What are your dreams telling you if you are having bad dreams? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, a lot of times we think we've got everything under wraps during the day. But then once we drop those reins, who the fuck knows what's going to come out because we don't let ourselves relax. So maybe a practice of also during the day, giving yourself some opportunities to just relax and lie down without the expectation of sleep. Daydream. Mm-hmm. Give Daydream. Your, give your yeah. mind free reign to just wander, stare out the window a little bit more and let your thoughts roam. Mm-hmm. This is what Elaine Debaton says is the issue uh, with people who can't sleep at night is they haven't, their mind is uh, demanding the time it needs to think freely. When mm-hmm. we have been holding our minds hostage all day, they retaliate at night. They have important work to get done. Yeah. It has to like think about the future and the past and do all that analysis that if we're keeping it on task all day, it will right. take that time at night. Right. So just giving yourself little opportunities during the day to let some of mm-hmm. that flow come out, uh, I think will kind of loosen the pressure yes. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck, Breadalicious. Yeah, Breadalicious. Stay, <laughs> I love stay, that user. Stay Breadalicious. <laughs> like Brett, B R E A D. Yeah. <laughs> Breadalicious death. Well, let's uh, hit him with the real song. Yeah. <laughs> this would be, I think we should just put it in right there. Bam. Here's the <laughs> intro music, guys. Free advice. Free advice. Free advice. Free advice. Free advice. It was a demo track. It was never yeah, meant to I see know. the light of day. I know, but it's, it should because it is great. But well, if you want to redo it to a more polished version, I understand. But well, I definitely think it's good enough. Thank you. It's what really the essence of what we do here is tell each other and our listeners that it's good enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what we do here on Free Advice with Rob Zaleski. And Morgan Beard staring across from me with a smile in her eyes and <laughs> her mouth. Um, I see us as course correctors. We mm. live in a world that, uh, thanks to capitalism, consumerism, um, is, is always... <laughs> so many thanks. <laughs> really just consumerism. Uh, I'm trying to be more specific and not blame capitalism, but specifically consumerism. Yeah, um, which is a byproduct of capitalism. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, is always telling you it's not good enough. In one way or another, that's the message. That's the subtext of all the funny peanut ads. Everyone last night at the bar was telling me about the Mr. Peanut ads in the Super Bowl. (laughs) I was like, you fucking people are going to talk about this when we have parents to be angry at and we have children (laughs) to worry about having or not having. And we have friends to try and uh, get out of toxic relationships with with lovers and drugs and (laughs) careers. And we're going to talk about Mr. Peanuts fucking funeral at the Super Bowl. Yeah. What do you think that represents for people? I have no idea what it is. I didn't watch Mr. Peanut. <laughs> they killed Mr. Peanut. Oh. He's a, a mascot for Planters Nuts. Uh-huh. They killed him. Who? The advertising company. Oh. The, the Planters Nuts. Okay. Whoever they uh, outsourced oh, their ad campaigns to, I assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they had like a funeral for Mr. Peanut. As their advertisement? As their mascot. Yeah. Like they, the ad was like, he died. Yeah. He, he died. Okay. Wow, that does not make me want to eat nuts at all. <laughs> I I think it's just doing something different that gets people like us talking about it. Just reminds people of peanuts. Mm. I try to avoid peanuts. I eat mm-hmm. a lot of peanut butter, but mm. I believe it's it's not good because it's a legume. And I try to follow a paleo diet that um, I eat in such a way that my body evolved to process the foods that is that it's processing mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Apparently, peanuts were not a part of caveman diets. <laughs> uh, in what way do you think that your uh, intensely monitored diet Orthorexia. is a reflection of 
I was just going to say as a reflection of a feeling of not being good enough. Mm. Um, it's definitely something that allows me to feel in control and mm -hmm. uh, allows me to feel better than other people. It allows me to be like, <laughs> yeah. These fuckers with their ice cream on a hot summer day by the pool. I don't even need that. I see. I'll have okay. abs instead, motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm going to get yeah. really, really jacked and eat ice oh, cream yeah. in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Um, my desire to have like an ideal body is at least in part an attempt to... Um, attract partners to me so that yeah. I don't have to do the uncomfortable work of approaching people. Hmm. I was wow. like, well, if I'm hot enough, then like girls will come up to me. But if I am kind of tubby, then I have to like go talk to them and initiate contact and like open myself up to more rejection. I would make an argument, a potential counter, fun counterpoint. Um, oh, as as it's fun. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes when someone is really good looking and has a really great body, it's harder to as you them. do, it makes it, yeah, it makes someone inaccessible. People have been coming up to you and saying, hey, can you tell your friend I like him? <laughs> well, I did tell you, I did tell say about the paleo are. channel. Oh, yeah, I told yeah, you yeah, about yeah, that. It just, it makes people look at you from afar instead of come up to you and. It makes me inapproachable. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, not to me, but it, I'm I'm saying it could. Sure, because you're hot as fuck too. You got <laughs> we got nines dressed to the nines. This is the, the double nine podcast. <laughs> well, anyway, um, speaking of nuts, <laughs> our next question, yeah, comes to us from throwaway forty three forty three forty three. That's my old football number. Really. Uh huh. 434,343? Uh-huh. It was a big jersey. <laughs> Smegma. Okay. I have a very, very embarrassing problem. I am 15 and I have not cleaned my penis and I have found out that I have smegma. How do I tell my mom that I have smegma and that I want a circumcision? Mm. Okay. You don't have to get a circumcision. First of all, uh, for anyone listening who doesn't know what smegma is. <laughs> yes, um, let's define smegma. Perhaps, you know, people who don't have a foreskin might not know. It is a buildup of uh, gunk mm -hmm. around the head of the penis. In Sometimes the, the referred to as the, penis cheese. Dick cheese, I've heard dick it called. Cheese. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, uh, it will build up if you don't wash this area every week or so. I think you have to do it weekly, daily would be better. I think as often as yes, you shower. You when shower. you shower, it's like you should scrub behind your ears. The your butt crack and your butthole should get some attention, mm -hmm. and um, so should your under foreskin area around yeah. the glands of your penis. Yeah. Um, one of the arguments for circumcision is that it's more sanitary and safe because you don't need to scrub under the foreskin. You don't need to wash as much. But the counter argument is very appealing to me. It's not hard to convince boys to touch their penis in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you're living in a very sexually repressed uh, religious system where they're not supposed to do that. And they have open showers. Be an issue. <laughs> and they have, yeah, and some, you know, they're like actually shamed enough out of right. doing this for longer than a week. Then it does become an issue. But like, let's just stop circumcising kids. The penis's natural design works and is good, and it's only weird if people say it's weird. So, like, yeah. let's stop teasing boys who have uh, foreskins. It's okay to have your foreskin. Um, you are more sensitive. You are capable of experiencing more sexual pleasure than people who are circumcised. Mm -hmm. um, what's throw away four three four three four three? So, I think give yourself a waiting period, like. Wait a while. If you want to get circumcised as an adult, I believe it's a more difficult procedure and more painful. Or at least as a baby, you don't remember the pain. Right, I've heard right, some people right. say it's extreme. It's like an original trauma that teaches yeah, boys. It's part of the reason boys are like more mm. fucked up emotionally um, or repressed, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Like they're learning from a, very early that pain is just part of like it's the first mm. thing that happens to them when they come out. And like how you are innately is not acceptable. 
yeah, it's, is it's, unholy in some way. I've heard it's like shocking to them in a in a damaging way of like, oh fuck, the world is going that. to like cut me up. And yeah. thankfully, most of the time, we don't do that to little girls to that degree. Yeah. Um. So yeah, smegma in this is something. Culture. You, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think worldwide it happens less. Female like, circumcision female is a thing mutilation. in some places. And yeah, obviously that is worse. <laughs> yeah. I don't even like calling that circumcision because. Right. Uh, if, if that's circumcision, then circumcision for men would be removing the entire head of the penis or the entire shaft yeah. itself and just, right. you know, whatever allows us sexual pleasure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry to go all woke on you there for a second. Be like, well, actually, I prefer female <laughs> general. No, no. I mean, it's fine. Okay. You, you got to go where you got to go. Um, I have a couple things I want to say if you're Great. done. Um, I am, yeah. Okay. So, one thing is uh, the way that this person is talking about it is kind of making it seem like they think it's some kind of like disease yeah. um, or, or condition. It's just like Rob said, it's a natural process where like dirt builds up and sweat and you know whatever yeah. that gunk is tuna it gets just caught between up. your teeth yeah exactly exactly it's not a flaw it's not a fault it just is it's just okay how do i there and there is a way to deal with it like he said just washing it a little more carefully and more frequently um you know you don't necessarily have to go through the trouble of getting a circumcision however if you feel strongly about it, you could. And I don't want to ignore that aspect of the question that you're asking us, which is how do you tell your mom? Um, I don't think you have to tell your mom. That's that's an assumption that they made. Well, he's 15. In order to get the circumcision. Um, I, if you have a father in the picture, it would okay. probably be easier, I can imagine, to talk mm -hmm. to somebody else with a penis mm -hmm. about this issue, about your penis. Yeah. And... I don't think you need to rush into, you, you've done okay for 15 years. You're still alive and kicking. <laughs> um, you can just adapt to maybe you've become sexually active or maybe there is uh, now uh, jizz as part of the equation of what's getting caught up under the hood mm. here. Um, you can just learn to wash and clean that, uh, I believe, just with your finger and, and water and soap. Yeah. Uh, Try not to get soap down your pee hole. <laughs> Conditioner yeah. is better for that. And maybe using like a mild antibacterial soap instead of like a scented shower gel kind of thing. I don't I'm not exactly mm -hmm. sure. I know that for vagina owners, vaginas are self-cleaning and you're not really supposed to put any kind of soap with yeah. like chemicals in there. It's just water. I also have like a natural like pH balancing feminine wash thing in the shower that like makes me feel good. Um, but yeah, find maybe find a cleaning, a cleansing product that you enjoy How using. How quickly do vaginas self-clean? I don't know. Sometimes not quick enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Um, the other thing I want to point out is like, it's totally normal to have self-consciousness about mm -hmm. what's going on in the downstairs genital area. I certainly have spent most of my life feeling some level of self-consciousness. It's very normal. Um, it's so normal. And then the other thing I want to say to you too is um, I have the last several guys that I've dated seriously have all been uncircumcised. Um, and yeah, there has been variation in cleanliness and so, for some of them it hasn't been a problem at all for us. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I mean, even the ones where the cleanliness is less, it, it's still not a problem. It's sure. just, okay, maybe I would have preferred a little bit more cleansing, like I said, but sure. that's. And what are their, uh, first and last names? <laughs> <laughs> My point is you can still be sexually attractive, sexually viable yeah. without being circumcised. That is very, very easy for me to say without any level mm -hmm. of like, I'm secretly bullshitting you. It's all good. It's probably as bad as it's ever going to get right now for you. If <laughs> yeah. other people are teasing or acting like this is weird, they're going to grow out of it. It's like uh, right after hitting puberty... The mid-teenage years are the worst time for people being insecure about their bodies yeah. and the differences between other bodies and theirs. Totally. I now go to the YMCA and see naked men most days. <laughs> and there's a v wide range of what people look like naked yeah. at each part of their body. And yeah. no one really gives a shit. The people who give a shit are just the, are keeping it to themselves or keeping their clothes on because they're uncomfortable with their own bodies. And they think no one should be naked because they can't be naked. But 
widely as people get older, they get more comfortable. Yeah. I'm, I'm worried that this is starting to happen less and less. Hmm. Um, and then more and more of my generation is uncomfortable being naked around each other. Hmm. But I'm fighting God's fight in every locker room <laughs> that I go into. <laughs> um, the last thing that I want to offer you is just uh, the advice you actually asked for, which is how do you <laughs> how do you tell your mom you want a circumcision? I think that you could open that discussion uh, by just opening up about your insecurity. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a mother that you think will receive that well, and it's safe to confide in her that you know you're you're experiencing this hygiene issue and you're considering circumcision. Um, what does she think? Is that something that she's open to? Um, is there a discussion maybe of like, okay, when you're a certain age or, you know, whatever, maybe we try for a agreed upon period of time where you see if you can keep it cleaner and if you're yeah. still struggling, then yeah, maybe you evaluate it more seriously. Yeah. And I want to posit that, uh, if you think you have to talk to your mom about this, maybe you don't. There are some things that you don't have to talk to your mom about. and Maybe you did for a while and it seems like something that for some reason or another, this is something that you have to run by her. But Well, you can't just go get a back alley circumcision. No, but when you're 18, you are uh, in charge of your own medical life. And you can talk to your doctor yeah, about it. Right. Hopefully you have a doctor who doesn't tell everything to your mom. And if you don't trust that, then you can ask for a new doctor. Yeah. It's important to be able to make some decisions without your mom. <laughs> And that, That's true. that will become more and more true <laughs> as you get older. And this may be like one of the first larger things that you're dealing with, where if you're really uncomfortable about speaking to your mom about it, maybe you don't have to. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. Okay. So the next question comes to us from Meg Will. Do you like receiving compliments from random strangers? At least once a day, I'll pass someone by and think something like, that jacket is really cool. I love their hair, etc., etc. I would actually like to tell them, but I don't know if it's creepy coming from a stranger. I would never say compliments that focused explicitly on their body or face, as I think that's definitely too creepy. What do you think? How would you feel being told your outfit was great or something like that by a stranger? Good or weird? Uh, I feel good, usually. And I can tell you when <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah. It's when they're, when it, when I perceive the complimenter's expectation of rep- reciprocity, yeah, that is when I dislike it. It's when they believe I now owe them a conversation or even an acknowledgement, or like from if they're interrupting what my uh, other agenda was mm-hmm. with this compliment, like, hey, I just said something nice to you. Now you say something nice to me, or you're not even going to say thanks, or like, yeah, if there's right. some snippy like passive aggressive comeback of like well okay fine then something like that um then it wasn't nice but if it's a a compliment truly given freely and without any uh strings attached of them even acknowledging you then it's great just do it and keep walking if you stop and turn towards them and uh like speak up and yell after them then it's not a good compliment yeah i think that's a great answer um and i definitely agree with that I I do think generally people like to be complimented, yes. especially when there isn't an expectation of anything to be returned. Um, and I, I do sense that from you. I sense that there's just a goodwill element to it mm-hmm. um, of, yeah, I, I just want to tell them that I, I like what they're wearing or how they're doing their hair. Yeah. I think compliments that compliments that center around, wow, I think this mate this person made a really like stylistic, choice or you know something about like that they did yeah i've got um, a list yeah it is is often more flattering because it, it complements their their sensibility and the right. way that they show up in the world not something that's just like you know genetic the color like, of their eyes the, right 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 yeah or nice rack you know that's right. that would be the quintessential example of everything we're trying to avoid with the style of unless compliment. they just got a boob job <laughs> Unless, and, yeah, they say that that's exactly the compliment. Yeah, they want. I mean, it, the tricky thing is like nice butt. If somebody does spend hours a day sculpting their butt at the gym, that may be a choice. Yeah. Versus somebody who's just born with a big butt or something. Uh, but generally, I think if you're complimenting women in particular, mm-hmm. things that they have chosen, the hair is kind of the uh, like midpoint, the, <laughs> the compromise of like it yeah. is a part of the body, but it's something that you have enough control over and can be intentional about that if you see someone doing something cool with their hair, I feel like it's 
um, yeah. not crossing a line of, of like the same as complimenting their boobs to compliment a person's hairstyle. Yeah, I think some of the ability to judge like is that how is this going to land can be, OK, if I put myself in their shoes, would I want to hear this compliment? Um, Even more than, always work. Well, the problem with that is men imagine women coming up to sure. them and saying nice dick and they're like, I would love that. Yeah. So the golden rule is <laughs> golden rule is do unto others if you have done unto you. The platinum rule is do unto others what they would want done unto them. Yeah. And yeah. it's hard for a lot of men to imagine what it's like to be a woman and uh, receive more requests for sex or more sexual attention at times that it is unwanted. So yeah, I think that that totally. can be like a hard headspace for guys to get in when they're uh, trying to figure that out. Yeah, there. I'm not sure if this user is where they fall on the gender spectrum. Um, the approach feels very like Meg, careful I'm and considered. Female. It seemed female to me, um, and so that's kind of why I suggested the perspective switching. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is definitely a harder line to walk to figure out how do I navigate the the gender difference in that. The I'd say the more physically imposing you are, the more of a threat, yes. the like harder it, the more you have to work to put people at ease when you speak to them. When right. you initiate contact, if you are eight feet tall and 400 pounds and have sharp teeth, that might be like uh, an extra bit of work that you have to do to convince somebody that like, hey, don't worry, you're uh, you're safe threat. around me. Yeah. yeah. But if you're three feet tall and um, wearing a green hat and have <laughs> <laughs> and are after your lucky charms <laughs> then i think you can kind of get away with any kind of compliment and people yeah. are like oh yeah this guy's not a threat although i have to say of all the things being complimented by a leprechaun might be the creepiest <laughs> yeah final note on creepiness is <laughs> Um, if you want to be a, uh, loving, open, affectionate person that, uh, uh, goes those places with people quickly, some people will find you creepy yeah. and it's just an inevitable, like if you want to be funny, sometimes you're going to be offensive. And right. if you want to be affectionate, sometimes you're going to be creepy. Like the, you can't totally know what is going to trigger other people. There are good rules yeah. of thumb that I think you should use, right. but at some point. Like that is the cost of being affectionate and warm to people yeah. is some people will be like, ooh, that was too much. And that doesn't necessarily have to be your fault. Right. Some people may just be a lot of people actually are just genuinely uncomfortable receiving compliments. Yes. Don't know how to handle it. Um, the <laughs> my dad has always told me because of his bumblings in this arena, like he was like, your your sister used to tell me if I got a compliment, I have to just shut up and I have to say thank you. And that's it. That's the only appropriate response. And I, I totally agree. Yeah, that's like, a good response. <laughs> it's simple. It's it's gratitude that, that, you know, I think that is nice for that person to hear once they've gone out on a limb to compliment you. And it it does not require a, a compliment returned. I often fall no, into this no. pitfall where I then like quickly scan to be like, uh, I, I like <laughs> your sweater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. not if they're if they're coming from a genuine place that they don't need to hear that. Right. Just a genuine expression of gratitude is perfect. Unconditional expression, though, is kind of rare to find. How many people yeah. are satisfied with a thank you in response to the first time they say I love you? <laughs> yeah, that Many would be. Are not. But I don't think I love you as a compliment. <laughs> it can be. Yeah, but it's, it's not again. Yeah, it, it can yeah. also be an expression of I'm afraid of losing you, mm. or I need this from you, or I want you to say this about me. I want you to commit to this. I want yeah. you to engage with me in this way. Yeah. If we um, lived in a world where there wasn't that that expectation or demand, thank you could be a perfectly appropriate yeah, response. Yeah, to well, I people, love you. I, I mean, I think we've talked about this before. People should define love when they express mm -hmm. it to each other because there are wildly different ideas about what that means. Yeah, and you might as well be speaking different languages. So, like, uh, explain what love means when you tell people. Yeah, that. Uh, if, yeah. If they have any kind of negative reaction or overly positive, if, any unexpected reaction, either way, <laughs> it's just a good thing to explain. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Last thing yeah. on this topic that I want to say yeah. is uh, the list of uh, good compliments to me are things that a person has control over, mm -hmm. that uh, they chose, that they appreciate about themselves, that they like value, yeah. Yeah. that they think other people often don't notice. So if it's like a crazy hat that everybody's seen, not as good of a compliment as like something more subtle the way that their shoelaces match their necklace, you know, something like that. 
noticing that, I think people really appreciate like the, here's the being seen. In that most way. people feel yeah. unseen most of the time. Yeah. Um, especially people that aren't uh, outrageously conventionally beautiful or rich. Most people feel like <laughs> that's everybody else because of mm. the the world that we live in and the images that we're shown of like, you know, you see Jeff Bezos and Pamela uh, Anderson on every billboard together. You've seen the billboards. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, we just all assume, oh yeah, step out into the world. It's a bunch of Jeff Bezos, Pamela Andersons and me. Uh, and, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, of course, and me. Uh, and Jessica Alba. And like... For someone to notice you, uh, or just to notice most people, that is a um, it's a lovely thing when it's done yeah. without uh, a request for them to do something back. So that's yeah. that's flirting in a nutshell as well. Yeah, it's just to see things about people and tell, like, affirm that. Hey, I see you, and you're good. Yeah, the thing you did was good. Yeah, and it and it made me happy. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing to add on kind of when you were saying like the difference between someone who's eight feet tall with sharp teeth coming up to you versus <laughs> yeah, a leprechaun. I thought I was going to get a laugh out of that sharp teeth bit. You looked at me like with fear. Like, like, uh, oh, yeah. Right, exactly. I looked at you with fear because I was imagining sharp teeth. Um, but whoever you are, whatever yeah. height you are, however dull or sharp your teeth are, I think there are ways that you can approach someone um, with an air of more openness and friendliness and non-threateningness. There are things you can do as far as your your posture, oh, yeah. um, your, the expression on your face, the speed at which you approach them. Like Good. there are some variables that you can tinker with to seem non-threatening you're not running up to them with a yeah. with a terrified face you're you're having a warm kind of open expression you're a safe distance away you're not trying to touch them you're just saying in a reasonable volume something that you like about what they're doing the real work to get to do that the, the, the like non-shortcut <laughs> the way that uh -huh. you really guarantee that uh -huh. is i think you uh, would agree with me uh, l practicing accepting yeah. yourself and your own flaws more Ooh. and coming to realizing that whenever you hate something about somebody else, it is probably an indication that that is some part of yourself that you haven't found love for yet, that yeah. you haven't learned to accept. Yeah. And so the more you do that, I find the more the easier it is for me to like deal with, oh, this person's pissed off right now. I know what that's like. I know what it's yeah. like to be pissed off. Like I'm not there right now, but I can have love for them or yeah. they're confused about something or they're um, uh, ignorant or prejudiced. It's like, okay, that's not where I am, but I can recognize that this is coming from a place of pain and I can try and find some love for this person too. And that has helped me become a warmer person who I, I, I now find it much easier to connect with a broader range of people than I did before when I was meaner to myself. Yeah. That's a great closing point. Thank you. Um, the next question comes to us from Fernando2103. Mm -hmm. I say it that way because when I was teaching myself to roll my R's, there was a DJ on my favorite radio station that I listened to, and he was named Fernando. So I would just stand Fernando. there <laughs> repeating that <laughs> on my way into seventh grade Spanish. So. Uh, yeah. Okay. A person found out I gave away his gift. A few days ago, I received Ooh. a very generous gift, I know, <laughs> but I already had one of those, so I exchanged it for something else, and that person found out. He is very upset, even though I already apologized and asked for his forgiveness. He refuses to talk with me. What should I do? End of the mm. friendship. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> uh, yeah, please elaborate. Y yeah. Your values don't align with this person's. Uh, you don't actually have to end the friendship, but it sounds like they are expecting you to act in accordance with their values, and mm. you don't want to do that. Uh, if you gave this away, I'm assuming it's because you had one, and you don't. You recognize that it costs you to have excess stuff. You don't like having redundant things, and you you like to see things being used. Yeah. Or not being around you, so like yeah. you, you gave it to someone who needed it more, or well, found he a better use for it. Exchanged it for something exchanged else, it. so okay. found something you, that you had more utility. Value. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You saw a greater value in something else. The person who gave it to you sounds like they are um, attached to the idea of how you're going to use it, mm -hmm. and are trying to exercise some type of control over what you you do with their gift. It's not really a gift; it's an assignment. Yeah. Some of the worst <laughs> gifts you can give people are 
an outfit that they have to wear on a particular <laughs> schedule or your idea of when they need to wear it. Tuesdays. Yeah. Dude, I'm going to go there. One of the worst gifts I ever received uh -huh. was a tie with a bunch of reproductions of my high school girlfriend's face on it. It's her face smiling oh like a hundred times on this tie. And I went to a school with a uh, uniform. The only thing you were allowed to pick was your tie. That's like the, the one range of freedom. So mm -hmm. she gave it to me for my birthday. And then she's a week or two later, like, when are you going to wear the tie? And she started asking, <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, fuck. I have to pick a day <laughs> that I can, like, you know, wear maybe a sweater or something. <laughs> There's like a cold day so that I have some way to conceal the tie until oh, she's around and then I can pull it out and oh, make it more obvious. But it, yeah, I think I wore it exactly once on a day that I knew like my schedule closely aligned with hers. And oh, I was like, this is a shitty gift. Any gift that comes <laughs> with like, you have to do this thing that you don't want to do is yeah. not a good, the point of a gift, ugh, ugh. Yeah. It's not, it's not generous. It's not like generous from that place. Do you see why I picked this one as the next question? It kind of relates to the, you know. Oh, to the compliment. You know, to the compliment. Yeah, question. good sequence. I, that Thank just you. washed right over me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's exactly that illustration of like, you disappointed oh, yeah. someone because yes. they didn't receive your quote unquote generosity the in the right way. Hey, aren't you going to give me your number now that I said you got nice tits? Whatever <laughs> the fucking <laughs> expectation is. Like, I gave you this gift and you're going to go exchange it? You're not going to put it in yeah. the front of your house and show everybody that we're friends? Yeah. That's a big utility of gifts is a lot of times traditionally they represented like I have a link. This person and I, they have something of mine. I am like the welder and they have a suit of armor that uh, I made and they have it on display and that shows that like our families are indebted to each other yeah. and like we have an alliance yeah. of whatever this your trade is. Oh, you better put that in your house, right? You have a rocking chair that I made on your deck. And yeah. so some people still like there is a, a version of that where I was hearing about my friend who married into a very wealthy family and they gave him like a hundred thousand dollar watch and oh. he's like, I have to wear this watch around them. Like, <laughs> you should sell the watch and quit your job. <laughs> Be happy. <laughs> but, quit your job. Like, That's unrelated, but I also think it would make oh, you happier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I quit the marriage. Quit all of it. But <laughs> Go to Nepal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I really feel for the pickle that you're in right now because, you know, you're acknowledging that it was a generous gift. But that was the, the intention, perhaps, was for it to be generous. But... You already had one, so you exchange it for something that would be more worthwhile to you, which I think if that person truly wanted you to be happy and to enjoy the gift, which is could have just been a placeholder for a different gift that you could get yourself. I mean, they knew you well enough to know something you would use because you already, you have, already it. have it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and you, you know, you've, you've apologized. You understand that it hurt their feelings. You ask for forgiveness and they won't talk to you. Um I mean, maybe maybe perhaps they feel uh, that you were dishonest or something. You went behind their back to exchange it instead of saying, you know, I already have one of these. Would you mind? Whatever. But that's also just yeah. chasing after the wrong thing because this guy is butthurt for the wrong reasons. Um, and it puts you into a, a, a strange bind. And what I think what we keep trying to point out is... Uh, a gift that puts you in a bind is not really a gift. Yeah. It's an assignment. It's a test. It's a thread. It's, um, it's a whatever. This just happened to me. My birthday was, <laughs> was two days ago. <laughs> and right. my mom gave me a blunder that I had already bought oh, in, the, yeah. in the month since Christmas. Yeah. And um, I didn't tell her that I already had one. Mm -hmm. When I thanked her, I called her and mm. said, thank you so much. And yeah, I because I appreciated it. It wasn't yeah. the only thing she sent me. And I just thanked her for everything. It was, it was thoughtful. And I felt very considered on my birthday. Yeah. And um, yeah, I didn't need to go and tell her that. But she's listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> and, I'm sure it, it either she'll, I assume it's, it's just, it's, I'm going to find a use for it. I'm not going to yeah. have two blunders. I'm going to give the one that 
uh, is is worst for my needs to another person. Yeah. And then it will get used and everything will be but just there's more utility in that system. Yeah. So Tina has a real opportunity now to <laughs> accept that and be content that he's found a, a good use yeah, for it. Yeah. And I still appreciate the consideration. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So what should you do is real is what you're asking. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, and you shouldn't feel guilty think because about this it. is this is what the situation this person has put you in. Yeah. They're trying to apply shame to you. Yeah. Um, Think about it. you're giving someone a gift. Is your intent to um, cause them to ha- hold on to a thing that produces a feeling that they want to avoid mm. by like, I could hold on to that blender and not use it or like re- keep remembering that ah, I've got this yeah. extra blender that ah, if I give this away, my mom's going to be sad. So mm-hmm. I better keep it. Fuck it. Yeah, I don't need to waste emotional energy on things like that. Right. The ability to let things go is what uh, allows you to make space for new things and, and like helps you handle your fear whenever you have a new opportunity of like, ooh, what's going to happen if I don't need this anymore? If you can, if you have a trust in yourself to let things go when they no longer serve you, then you have confidence to approach new things and engage with them without the fear of like, oh, oh this is going to be too much of a responsibility, too much of a commitment. And yeah. that's, I think, the main thing that keeps people out of new relationships, new um, hobbies, new uh, Whatever versions of themselves. Yeah. yeah. So I think what you should do is, look, you've done your part to try to express what you can mm-hmm. to this friend. I think that you give them a little bit of space and um, see if they come back to you and either, you know, maybe they'd never approach the subject or maybe they say, hey, I, I realize that the intention of the gift wasn't this. That would be an ideal scenario. Yeah. But I don't think anything additional that you're going to say is going to deal with the pain that they're undergoing yeah. um, because it's not your fault. Yeah, they're allowed to be hurt. They got yeah. attached to an outcome of you using the thing in a particular way. And you're not doing it. And just give them some space to do that, I think. Yeah. If they come and try and punish you or like, uh, you know, then you you recognize, all right, I have to express a boundary to this person. If it's not okay to treat me like this and stay friends. And then you don't have to be friends with them if they can, if they make a much bigger deal out of this and it spirals out of control. Let's just hope that that doesn't happen. I think if you give them some space, you don't need to apologize for what you did. But it may help yeah. them to be like, I understand that you're um, sad about this or yeah. hurt by my action. Yeah. You can send them, uh, send them to listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Send them to this. <sighs> I feel for that person, too. Of course. You can, you can get attached to a gift, especially if you work a long time on it. Yeah, it can be like, oh, man, I was really hoping yeah. you'd. I really liked the thought of you using it that way. Yeah. And obviously they they did a good job in purchasing something that you yeah. you would use because you had it already. Yeah, you made, so Yeah, you made that point. Already. I know, but the point I'm the point I'm now segueing to because we already we already have it. <laughs> is you could offer that as a consolation to them if they yeah, felt so okay. disappointed by you know feeling like maybe they got their hopes up about like you said like how you would use the gift yeah. and it's like it's such a good gift you've been using it for years <laughs> right right prior <laughs> um yeah yeah um all right what's anything next? else you want to say okay the next question comes to us from duverall what's a nice way to tell people not to touch my baby imagine the typical neighbors trying to touch and kiss them I never know how to nicely react to avoid that without being too rude. <laughs> I think this is such a good question. Oh, man. Yeah, this reveals something weird about the way that we interact with babies and children more generally. And pregnant women. And pregnant women as if, like... Uh, this is a gift to the world. <laughs> yeah, like, we all own this baby. <laughs> it would be cool if that was uh, a universal value i think and in a tribal situation where it's like we're all taking responsibility for the well-being of the child right we're not we're not and we're not all like baby proofing and looking and uh, you know doing the research of the allergies of the baby and what we're handling and um what we're what chemicals we're putting on our lips that we're then applying to the baby like Mm mm-hmm yeah, I think mm-hmm. you should always ask. This is this is advice for everybody who's doing this. Always ask before <laughs> touching somebody's Anyone. child. 
for touching anyone or a baby. There's a sweet spot around seven or eight that I think you can, <laughs> <laughs> you can just get They're away with so murder. touchable. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. You should ask before you touch people. And if the people are not old enough to answer for themselves, and you can have some debate about when that is for for individual, right. um, you should ask their guardian. And if their guardian's not around... <laughs> Stick around to make sure that child is safe. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Like I'm thinking of situations where you do have to attend to uh, if you're responsible for a child and you have to um, help them after they injure themselves or something. And like, oh you, yeah, in, in situations like that, and it's not always that clear. Like sometimes you could be worried about something that they look hurt, but they're just playing or something. Um, I can imagine exceptions, but generally, like affectionate touching touching that's meant to give you joy or the child joy or warmth you should ask if that's okay and be okay with the answer being no and recognize that if it's a child in particular they may be seeing you as an adult that they can't say no to yes. so it's sort of again the, the power differential element of asking for consent yeah is it's really important to be especially mindful of that if if you're in a potential power position i think it's yeah it, it, it's a great trend that I'm hearing people are telling their kids and more woke adults are like aunts and uncles are saying like, would you like a hug or a kiss? And it's okay to say no, yeah. like explicitly telling kids and, and then not punishing them. Right. Cause that was the thing. Of you like, wouldn't even kiss grandma. Ethel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shut the it's fuck like, up. <laughs> right. That's how you teach kids uh, later that their personal boundaries don't matter. And they end up. Yes. Um, having physical experiences that they don't want with people to some degree or another. Completely. Yeah, it's one of the factors. Yeah, um, I'm definitely, that's that's a story of my life. Yeah, and I wish for the kids uh, coming up after you that more and more of them don't have those experiences. Yeah. They can create all kinds of pain and yeah. awkwardness and discomfort for and for the people that uh, touched you in some way thinking that you were uh, into it and then find out afterwards you aren't I also have empathy yeah, for those people right. that it's like ugh, that probably doesn't feel good to yeah. think that yeah you know you cause another person that discomfort that you care about and you wanted to make feel good yeah yeah um, so with that being said going back to this question I think there are two things to say yeah. the, the first thing is let go that it makes you rude it's okay you are the steward oh, of yeah. this baby and parents are allowed yeah. to be rude in defense of their children. Yeah. That's a general principle. And I think that there are definitely ways that you can do this that are less like aggressively, overtly yeah. kind of rude. You know, you back um, the fuck off and slap somebody's hand. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, what is a, a non-rude way? What's the, yeah. the nicest, kindest way to express this, but firmly to get the point across? Yeah. I might say something like if you see someone start to kind of lean in in a way where you're you feel that they might touch the baby or kiss the baby, do something, you interact with them in a way that you're not comfortable with. I would say I'd prefer if you didn't get so close because, you know, it's a young child and, and they're sensitive. What if you said my baby's contagious? You don't need to hmm. you don't need to uh, expound upon that. I'm worried that an adult might just be like, that's OK, I don't care. And like put their face in their face anyway. I, I don't know. Because then it puts, again, the consent on them. And they might be like, I consent no matter what. Right, and then right. you're kind of back to square one and you're not being honest. Um, my baby speaks to me when people aren't around and has told me <laughs> that it doesn't like you. <laughs> uh, How about? Yeah. I'm sure there, I don't know, but there might be different strollers or something where the, the baby is covered. And they would have to like yeah. reach underneath it. It's a it's a subtle signal, which some people yeah, may just avoid anyway. You, yeah, <laughs> I still think you want the baby to be able to freely engage with the world. So like mm -hmm. putting your baby in a suit of armor or something akin to that to me is like, oh, you shouldn't have to tie yeah. up the baby. So because other people can't behave around it. Yeah, um, you could just say I'd prefer you not to get that close. I think you don't yeah, have to explain why. I prefer is, is yeah. It's not about them personally. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, you're it, creating the safety around the baby. Like if it's a political yeah. situation where it's like your boss who uh -huh. you have to worry about their feelings, that one, this could be a uh, indicator that 
it'd be better to have a different boss if possible. But let's say that that's happening <laughs> or it's a mother-in-law that you have a contentious relationship with. Um, yeah. You can make up an authority figure who has advised this. Their doctor, yeah. the pediatrician said it's best to limit contact right now. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's a great idea. Um, I think lies are okay in that circumstance. If it's helping avoid drama with somebody who you have a good expectation that they're going to be unreasonable about you just stating a preference and they're not going to respect that boundary, then I think it's all right to lie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I There are... There are situations with like very young children or very young animals where you're supposed to, you know, wash your hands before you mm-hmm. touch them or something like that. And I think you can you can kind of use that idea to your advantage because I think it is reasonable to be like, yeah, I don't want you to touch them. Maybe someone's wearing strong perfume or whatever. I don't know Dude, what your reasons are. Always wearing <laughs> strong perfume as a child. Let me just. <laughs> oh, it's disgusting. Please go on. I'm I'm very sensitive to smells yeah. and just all my relatives' colognes and perfumes when they would hug me. It would get on me. Yeah. And I would like just want to go shower. It'd give me a headache. Headache, it, yeah. It would really give me a headache um, yeah. to where I just associated physical discomfort with, uh, in addition to the expectations that were implicitly taught to me of like how I'm supposed to behave and how I'm supposed right. to be good and not, right. hey, don't do that thing that you do now. When the in front of so over. and so, yeah, yeah, it's just like you're just supposed to re- reflect well on us. Uh, that yeah. general, like, ugh. so I just hated family gatherings that uh, felt formal or stuffy, and like, ugh, I'm gonna get cologne on me, I'm gonna touch these people, are gonna touch me, I'm gonna like, I've just sit there in uncomfortable clothing, dressed up, like. Ugh. I, I learned to dislike formal events generally. Anything where people are dressed up, I'm like, I have to behave a certain way. Mm. Prom was not fun for me because I'm like, <laughs> I'm wearing a fucking suit and like, am I still allowed to swear? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's funny. Thank you. Um, speaking of family. Yeah. Our next question, our last question, question mark? What do you think? I don't know what time it is. Yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. Okay. Um... <laughs> A A A A B B B B C C C C D D D D ten asks. I'm not sure whether the girl I want to ask out is my long distance cousin. So basically, I've known this girl for the long majority distance. of my life. <laughs> uh huh. Um, so basically, I've known this girl for the majority of my life, and now as a teen, I really want to ask her out, and she seems pretty interested in me as well. Though I keep having recurring thoughts. Hearing a family member say we were long, long distance cousins about seven years ago. Long distance. <laughs> they, d- they didn't even specify how we were related. I'm trying to avoid going out with her because I don't want someone to say that we are related and face the embarrassment. I don't know what to do because I can't think of a way of finding out if we are related or not. And I really like this girl. Advice? Yeah. Um, second cousins is where we tend to, as a society, draw the line. Everybody is cousins. Everybody's related, so uh, anyone that you go out with will be uh, a a part of your extended family. You share a lot of DNA. Yeah, and and literally (laughs) there is a, uh, we can trace our roots back to a common ancestor, um, a human being. Right. So um, you have to deal with this and you get to decide where you draw (laughs) your line. Generally, legally, people said it at second cousins. Um you know, some people think second cousins is okay. Some people say second cousins is too close, but generally third cousins is okay. Some people will freak out just if you can use the word cousin. Yeah. But if it's your 12th cousin, if it's your 10th cousin, it's so far removed that like that's just dating somebody from your country. If you're from like Ireland or something, it's it's there's just only so much genetic uh, variation that you're choosing from. So if you're dating someone from within your like larger tribe – it's necessary that they are some degree of your cousin. Like I said, everybody is to some degree your cousin or uncle or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's so you're answer. saying like there doesn't have to be a stigma is basically your there, input. <clears throat> we way over uh, stigmatize the incest issues. Um, I think that this is one of the last like sexual repressions that when we look at back at it in 50 years, we'll be like, Ew, people were really prejudiced about people who date their cousins. I think that this is uh, 
like it's still pretty like like white trash. It's acceptable to um, use that pejorative on white people, but mm. pick another race in an equivalent term, and it's like no, don't don't make jokes <laughs> about that on our show. But everyone can laugh about oh yeah, white trash, those fuckers. Yeah. Um, and I think this is largely related because it's something that uh, West Virginia, the state I'm from, is known for inbreeding and mm-hmm. uh, this like everyone's marrying their cousins idea or their sister and that's why we're all uh mutated and inbred and have so many so few teeth and so many problems like the, <laughs> the, the stereotype the truth is it um doesn't actually uh increase your chances of i believe once it's a second cousin um or maybe it's first cousin I, i've read that your chances of having a harmful genetic mutation are similar to a 40 year old woman having a baby it's very low. And mm-hmm. that also is something that people overestimate the uh, like, oh, no, if she's over 35. She can't possibly. It's called have a, a geriatric pregnancy. If it's over 35, they call it geriatric. Who calls yes. it that? When, when does, when does Medi- the word geriatric doctors. apply? Isn't that insane? Generally, when does geriatric set in? <laughs> I would say 35 for everybody. Like it, it pregnancy. It's called a geriatric pregnancy. That's just a crazy term it's to insane, apply right? to a 40 year old. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. What? <laughs> If she's 70, sure, I get it. <laughs> that you can call that geriatric pregnancy and I know what you're talking about. But if somebody's no, just yeah. turned fucking 35, yeah. they have a yeah. geriatric pregnancy? Mm-hmm. Um, what does geriatric mean? Maybe I just don't know the word and I'm I think un-ignorant. it's like uh, an advanced stage of aging. I, I think that's the idea. Okay. Uh, that, that's how I would define geriatric. But I, huh. yeah, no, I know it's insane. Um, wow. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's the same kind of thing where it's like in... In, I think, maybe several years. I think we're closer to going, ooh, that doesn't sound good. Let's change that. Um, For incest jokes? like No, no, geriatric pregnancy. But no, incest, I think, will take a little longer, as you said. But I don't know if I agree that... I mean, because there are reasons that certain things in our uh, culture are taboo, like cannibalism or incest, you know, because they are things that theoretically like decrease our genetic viability. Right. But, but as you're saying, I do, I do think it is not that far out that the chances are reduced significantly. Um, I had a, uh, and there's ways around it. Like you can screen for, uh, a lot of the mutations that would be inherited. You're likelier to get Huntington's disease or Mm. something like that. Um, we have genetic screening now so that people can test like if, we're second cousins and we want to have a baby. You just meet with a geneticist first. And if those people love each other, you know, how are you going to argue that? And maybe they even do like aren't producing viable offspring. But if producing viable offspring is our test for whether people should be allowed to commit and marry and then like. Or just even date in this example. Yeah, this person isn't you're saying also they want to marry them. The, lesbian and gay couples that I believe we all agree now have a right to get married and live happily together. So, Sorry, how is that the same? <laughs> because they're not um, capable of producing offspring. Oh, 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 I see, I see what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, so like right, if right. making uh, viable offspring is the only point of marriage as people who are saying like, oh, the kids would be fucked up. Right. Then you also have to disqualify gay marriage. And I certainly don't want to do that. And I don't think you do either. No, I do not. Good point. Good. Thank Um, you. I, (laughs) I, um, I dated briefly this guy in high school who I was like, I, I was totally obsessed with. I had such a big crush on him. Mm -hmm. And then we ended up dating. No, it was not. I'm an only child. (laughs) Um, no, he wasn't my brother, but we did like a, a couple months into dating, like, find out that we may have been related mm-hmm. um there may have been someone with my last name and his family or something like that I mean, it didn't you know it didn't turn out to it wasn't like a problem but we just ha- we did have that like panic moment of oh god what does this mean for us yeah um and so i can relate to this statement in that way of just like having that kind of visceral reaction of like ooh, like is am i you have you go through a few different stages first you're like am i grossed out Okay, no, because this doesn't change anything. We're already dating. I feel the same way about you. Are other people going to think it's weird? Are they going to think it's weird? Like, how will this go? Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely can relate to that insecurity of like, is this okay? Just should I should I be embarrassed? Are other people going to shame me about this? Yeah. Um, And I think that 
it's it's we're saying that there's a path where you don't have to feel shame about this. Yeah. But I think realistically, I understand why you might. And so I think that the answer is kind of if you think about not necessarily the what maybe you do, maybe you do do a thought exercise of, okay, what's the worst case scenario? What would shame me the most? What would embarrass me the most? What would be the worst way this could turn out? (laughs) Right. Somehow you don't know about this (laughs) aunt or uncle's child that they are your first cousin. Okay. Right. And then, okay, so would that change your romantic interest in them? And then you kind of think maybe, okay, what's sort of a middle ground bad outcome? Okay. Is that worth the experience, the potential positive experience of dating them um, and kind of doing that evaluation for yourself while while trying to keep a rational mindset of the things that we're saying, which is that, you know, it's acceptable. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And there's also a chance that you're not related at all. Mm-hmm. Like we the, the data that we have to back this up is basically none. <laughs> You've been um, saying long distance cousin. Which I think you mean distant cousin. Yeah. When I hear long distance cousin, <laughs> I hear just straight up first cousin who moved away. <laughs> like a long distance relationship. <laughs> like your cousin mm-hmm. who lives mm-hmm. on the on another continent. Uh, Which presents its own challenges for dating more yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. If you're young and having these concerns, I don't recommend a long distance relationship. <laughs> Yeah. Especially with your cousin, but (laughs) more because of the long distance part. Yeah. 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 So I think this is a distant cousin and I'll just reiterate my basic point, which is everyone you date is your distant cousin. Yeah. And if you want, you can try to figure out, you can try to interview people in your family and say like, okay, who might've said this? Can I ask them about this person? Whatever, whatever. Uh, Another thing, if you really, if you were serious about this person and you wanted to figure it out, you could both do a DNA test, you, like ancestry yeah. or something like that, and see if you're related. If you wanted to go that far and take it that seriously. If you want to play it safe, date outside your race. <laughs> really? <laughs> that would be a funny like PSA, like poster citywide. Yeah. <laughs> they're not going to be too close of your cousin if they're obviously of a different race. Accurate. Yeah. So, Just I mean, that's, to think about. that's good for evolution. <laughs> yeah. We want to maximize our genetic diversity yeah right as a species mm-hmm. so if you if you, the more the person that you're dating looks like your brother or sister and you plan to reproduce with them chances are that baby's not going to have as much uh paints to draw from when it's time for them to make their masterpiece <laughs> What a strange and kind of a thinker of a Thank you. <laughs> meditation there. Think of cave art, but on the inside of a womb. <laughs> Simba. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The fetus is using dead jizz. Yeah. On yeah. The interior walls. <laughs> uh, yeah. A lot of people say that there are um, etchings of buffalo on the placenta. People who eat placenta. <laughs> You can like fetch a hefty market price if you've got a realistic looking buffalo that the fetus drew. Yeah, um, with a with a scratchy toenail on the way down. Scratchy toenail. <laughs> like, wait, I ain't ready yet. <laughs> Give me a little more time. I gotta finish the horn. <laughs> just, just, just keep telling it to breathe for about another twenty minutes. <laughs> just one more detail. One more detail. I gotta one, sign put, it. Put your pencils down. <laughs> Sign it, yeah, <laughs> baby boy. Come on, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get into uh, RISD. <laughs> I'm gonna use this in my portfolio. <laughs> you can't, you can't start too early. They always telling me. <laughs> Some people will look back on this and say, "I think it was impressionistic," but I actually think it's abstract expressionism. <laughs> I felt good. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for another great episode and for all your questions. Yeah. Um, If you have questions in the future for Morgan or me or both of us, you can write us. Or God. Or God. We'll try to answer those too. (laughs) Listen, if you believe in the same God that I do, then you know that that thing lives in all of us. So Uh. just ask us or ask yourself. (laughs) Yeah. But if you want um, our local gods... Within <laughs> the God that exists within Morgan and the God that exists within Rob, then fucking write free advice podcast at gmail.com. 
No question is too small. No question is too big. You might use too many words. Some people, <laughs> some people ask too big of a question in the sense that it's like it's 10 verbose. paragraphs. <laughs> we'll edit it for you. Yeah. If, if you write us specifically, we'll cut it down to size to meet our format and help you out with yeah. getting to your point. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. See you guys next week. See you next week and sleep tight. Bye.